are you laughing at me? I don't know, but I'm trying to I'm trying to do my job now. I gotta do work. Then I'm not buying you groceries. <laughs> I'm not buying you yogurt with those good stuff. <laughs> what is the good stuff? Pudding? I'm pudding. There's this special yogurt that I like. It's a Liberté yogurt. Oh God! What what have you become? Is it actually like Jello brand pudding, like full cap snack pack, man? <laughs> Why is that extra funny? Like pudding is pudding. It's chocolate pudding for breakfast. Okay, let's get into this. All right, everybody. It is Monday, August 10th in Toronto. I've got fruit flies swarming everywhere in my house. I am David Patrick Fleming. This is Underdogs. With me is Jacob Eamon. I did that in a weird order, but it's going to stick. Jacob. Yeah. I want everybody to know Jacob had chocolate pudding for breakfast. Not by choice. This was something that was thrust upon me. What do you mean, not by choice? Did There's somebody, nothing else. You got spoon-fed by somebody, or you you dip the spoon into the pudding every single time you put it to your mouth? I'm not Rob Lowe. I can't go a whole day without eating, waiting till dinner, like like you are apparently going to be doing now. I wake up. I I I got back from the cottage a bit longer ago than I would care to admit for not having gotten groceries yet. Brittany had a migraine yesterday. I was taking care of her, so we couldn't go to the grocery store. And here we are. It's Monday morning. I got to eat. And so I, I, I looked everywhere. I looked in the fridge. There's nothing going in there. I look in the pantry, and I got some pudding, and I got some... And I thought about just eating the pudding, David. I told you. I'm just going to eat the pudding. But then I saw what I like to do is normally put granola in my yogurt, and I thought, well, why don't I just toss some granola in the pudding, at least I'll get a bit more fillingness, a bit more nutrients from the vector granola that I'm going to mix with that pudding and start my day off right. I'm so sorry. I initially saw you eating pudding this morning as a very childish act and a selfish act of eating dessert to start your day. But now I see that what were you to do? There was nothing else that you could do. There's no way you could have just had a bowl of vector cereal, which is meant for breakfast. You had to put it in the pudding. What, what were you to do? It's First of all, it's vector granola. It's not the regular cereal. And I'm What's the difference? Uh I don't know. One's meant for liquid and one's meant for somewhere in between solid and liquid, which is yogurt. Hmm. Learn something new every day. I did try doing that uh, sort of fasting that I heard Rob Lowe talk about. He sort of only eats dinner, so he fasts for twenty four hours, basically kind of every second day, I guess. Yeah, I bet you uh, had the I, worst day. Well, I don't think you're supposed to do it when you drink a bottle of wine because <laughs> I drank a bottle of wine watching the Jays game yesterday, but I hadn't eaten. and <laughs> I was just sitting there shaking because my body was like, dude, we need something. You got to because drinking a bottle of wine on absolutely no food is, you know, probably like drinking two bottles of wine. It is. I've done that before. You've drank a bottle of wine without eating? Yeah. I mean, I don't know when, but... <laughs> Just feels right. Just of feels course. like something I'd do. Of course it is. Of course. So it we is. have not recorded an episode. Well, we haven't posted an episode for an entire week. Our last episode that we posted was last May. 
we attempted to do an episode on the Wednesday, I believe, but uh, the internet connection was so bad that we didn't do it. So we haven't, we haven't talked sports with each other for about a week. And so there's been many, many Blue Jays games. Many, many things have come up. We're, mo- we're moving forward now. We're back on schedule. We've got our starts lined up here. And uh, yeah, you're right. We haven't talked about sports in a while. It's kind of, it's kind of I just got to say, David, it's overwhelming the amount of sports that are happening right now. I'm having, you know, I was at a cottage, so that that plays into it a bit. I wasn't necessarily wanting to spend all of my time indoors watching a screen. But even being back here, it's like there's a Raptors game on the same day as a Blue Jays game, and there's a Blue Jays game on every day. People, I don't know how you like hockey on top of that. I don't like hockey i just like i just wanted to see them no, like, i'm not I saying like you ancient games and... i'm not saying you i mean in general okay, how one God, could because i could don't like, like hockey. hockey no of course not but if you did like hockey and you like the jays and you like the raptors it's a, it's a it's a time to be a toronto sports fan right now i mean it's a time to be a sports fan in many cities that have multiple teams but it's a lot at once. You go from nothing to everything. It's like a relationship that you start that just comes on a little too fast. And you like the person a lot, but it's too much. You can't, you can't, we can't hang out every day. Yeah. I don't know what they expect from us as baseball fans. Like it's, it's, I was thinking about this a lot last night and it feels like a big ask from them. You know, it's, it's, they're, the game is on every day. It's over three hours. You total that up over the course of a week, and you're watching like 24 hours of just your team, just just trying to keep up with the team that you watch. It's like a part-time job, just watching the game, let alone am I going to start reading some Sportsnet articles? Maybe I'm going to toss on a podcast like Underdogs or some of the other sports podcasts I like listening to. It's a big ask. And then something happens with another team that's interesting or another player. You want to just get a general overview of the league because then it makes your Blue Jays listening experience more enjoyable. It's totally a big ask. And fuck them and fuck me for just doing it blindly all the time. I'll probably never stop doing it. I'm having a tough time even watching Raptors games right now. There was one on yesterday. I'm watching the Jays game. I I paused the Jays game for a while. I've got it recording so I can go do something else and come back to it. Meanwhile, I'm like, fuck, the Raptors are playing. I really should watch that. But I I I I didn't watch it. And now I'm I'm going to say tonight we got Raptors, Bucks. There's no Jays game on. There's no excuses. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the shit out of this Raptors game tonight. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting matchup, and I wonder if they'll show their cards to each other. My guess is they won't. My guess is that they both have some pretty interesting uh, books on each other mm-hmm. that they're gonna save for the playoffs. But I still want to see what it's like to watch them play. I find that NBA is like. At this point right now, when you're a team that's going to go into the playoffs, like you see with the Clippers, the Clippers aren't winning at all. And I think that everyone's just saving themselves for the playoffs. And so it's sort of my attention gets pulled out because I know that it's not until the playoffs that we're going to see these teams step it up to that new notch. Yeah. You think that the Blue Jays are going to step it up a notch? Well, they certainly don't seem to be stepping it up any amount of notches. What in the fuck 
is the Blue Jays management team doing to this team? What in this sweet fuck are they? There's so many things to go over. There's Teoscar being sat for Joe Panic because of Tuki Toussaint's uh, splits, righty, lefty. There's then when he comes back into the lineup, he's hitting eighth. What are they doing? Yeah, I this, I wanted to bring this up to you as well. Uh, you and I have texted about it since we haven't been recording. We're watching games. We're getting frustrated. You in particular sent me a standout text about bad team management. Um, the lineup now seems to be starting to stabilize a bit. We're starting to see the guys who we at least thought we wanted to be seeing, the guys who seemed like they should be in there. Now you might be willing to question Rowdy Telez. I'm not sure. I don't know who else you would rather be having in that lineup if it means, especially if it means shit gets start shuffling around. Now suddenly, suddenly someone else is, is, this is the problem. If Rowdy is not the DH, there's this huge uh, trickle-down effect where, where suddenly Randall Gritchick is the DH, and now we have to fill someone's defensive position with some asshole off the bench that doesn't need to be in the game, right? Yeah, that's uh, if that's the way that it, it wants. I, I don't understand why you don't put your best team on the field all the time. Okay, so who is the and, best team, though? So the best team's not Joe Panic. And his last name is sort of indicative to what the organization is doing. It's like, well, it's only a 60-game season. We need to figure out maybe you're better six, maybe you're better three, maybe you're better four, maybe you're better nine. We have to jog these numbers because this is what the stats say and these are what the splits are. Oh, quick, this is what all the numbers say. That's not what people are like. People are rhythm-based uh, entities. We we thrive on, we are the things that have created song and dance and we need rhythm and consistency. You can't just... Uh, spot people in in certain things and say well your numbers suggest that you should achieve this in this moment so joe panics out for me he's fine as uh to come in every now and then to give somebody a rest but not because tuki Toussaint's splits uh suggest that their only hot hitter should be bench that game right he's their only hitter who's who's being consistently good so now in terms of the Rowdy Telez thing, I really don't know. I, I don't know. For me, he had sat for like mm-hmm. two or three games. And then he came up in Atlanta and he swung at the first garbage pitch he saw and he grounded it out. And everything in his body language just suggested to me that he is not happy with the situation that he finds himself in. And that's a projection, but that's just the way it came across to me. That, that seems fair to me. The, the the I guess what I'm saying though is that to me the only guy that really makes sense coming off the bench we don't have anyone coming off the bench really who is a better defensive replacement or as a bat replacement the only guy that stands out to me as a guy who comes into the lineup and defensively makes the team better is Brandon Drury at third there's no one in the outfield like Derek Fisher Anthony Alford I don't I don't feel that great about them coming in to defensively replace guys. I don't know. I mean, sure, maybe Alfred is a better outfielder. I haven't seen enough of him to know that or trust that. Yeah. And and I don't want the outfield being messed with. I don't want any of those guys having to DH. 
It I feels want- like an unfortunate uh, call down for Espinal just based on the fact that Alfred's out of options. Yep. Um, because he's a great guy to come off the bench. He he's a good defender. I feel like he he's more interesting at the plate than those other guys that you've mentioned. He, I I would like to see him at the plate more than I'd like to see Brandon Jury at the plate. Even though you know Brandon Jury's a nice late game defensive replacement, but I just sense this overall kind of panic going on right now and. These are young kids who need some consistency. You're already fucking with Vladdy all the time. DH, first base, bat or bat fifth, bat six, whatever. I will say about Vladdy, though, I had this thought, and this is back in the Atlanta series when he kind of his bat started to come around and he, he had multiple doubles in that series. Mm-hmm. I wondered if that was because of Acuna. He's this other young star on the Braves. He's got everybody's attention. He's one of the top fantasy picks in baseball. You know, they're around the same age. Vladdy might be a year younger. They might be the exact same age. I'm not sure. And that that is a part of what makes Vladdy special, that he's able to step up in those moments. I mean, when you think of kind of the first moment that put Vladdy on the map and a lot of Jays fans, it was hitting a walk-off home run in Olympic Stadium in Montreal, the city where he grew up. Like, he knows how to rise to certain occasions. He even in his uh, Blue Jays debut, you know, mm-hmm. had a nice double. He had a ball that was caught right at the top of the fence, almost hit a dinger. He had a great, like, 15-pitch at bat against Araldis Chapman with everybody watching. Home run derby. Everyone was watching. One of the greatest home run derby performances ever. I think that, you know, we were saying a couple episodes ago about um, uh, stars need fans. I think Vladdy needs a little certain something to get him going. Okay, well, and that brings me to the question that I wanted to talk to you more about, too, with the management. Where are you at with Charlie Montoyo right now? Because for me, I'm having a hard time handling this never-ending positivity about how close we are, how good of a trip, uh, a road trip it is, how talented everyone is, how hot the other guys are. I, 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 I want a manager who calls guys on their shit now and that takes responsibility for himself, for the team, that calls out the guys who aren't performing, that is just a bit more, you know, a bit more like Nick Nurse. Uh, you know, Nick Nurse does never mince his words. He says, these guys aren't performing. I need to see better from these guys because this is this is why we lost this game. This this guy, I'm going to name names. I'll, I'll say Fred Van Fleet. He was bad defensively tonight or something like that. And I... I, I I wonder, and and what you're talking about with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. stepping up to moments, if maybe, maybe this uber positive like feel good manager isn't the best thing for someone like a young kid like Vladdy who might need a bit more of a kick in the ass beyond. I, I don't know. It just uh, I, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and I don't know Vladdy. I don't know how he responds to that. But when you are the son of a Hall of Famer. And your whole life, I feel like you're trying to live up to that. You're trying to be great. And then you achieve something. He made it to the majors. And now what else do I have to do? Oh, now I have to start performing. But, you know, I can kind of take my time. I can, you know, I'm having fun now. I just want to – this is all stuff that I'm projecting. I'm making up. But 
I mean, I, I think that there's a version where you're right, that, that uh, Montoyo lets things slide and the way that he is in the public and the way that he is in post-game interviews is actually just who he is and then players can kind of walk all over him. But then I wonder about how much that is just a public image of the team and then behind closed doors, he isn't calling people out. Um, because, you know, you see Vladdy moving up and down the lineup. You see him changing positions. And I, I know that you made a comment off air about uh, when Teoscar was batting eighth that maybe he was being punished for something. You know, maybe he was. Like, we don't know. Maybe they keep everything behind closed doors. But I was also thinking about being um, Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro and doing these, like, post-game chats with Charlie Montoyo because Charlie Montoyo just comes across like this very endearing, kind, overly positive guy. And I think that Ross and Mark must be like, oh, fuck, who is going to be the one who has to fire this guy? Who has the guts to look Charlie Montoyo in his face and ask him to never come back? That's so awkward because these are still people. We think of them as you know a corporation and that's just the way business is done. Somebody still has to do it. It's still really awkward. But the, the only thing I'll say to, I, well, not the only thing, but what I'll say about what you've been saying is it, it's hard to know what decisions are Charlie's and what decisions come from above what decisions come from high performance and and you know what to what level of money ball are the blue jays playing right now with their jogging of this order and their and their because the joe panic thing if that's if if it's true that that's actually why joe panic played for Teoscar because of tucson splits that's rat shit in my mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. but i just i'm just not completely convinced that that's the true reason well it's part of their identity is spreading out the responsibility they're like spartacus up there you, you know you've got ross atkins on the dan shulman swinging a belt podcast the other day they're having an interview and dan shulman's like uh ross tell me about what a day is like for you what uh, between w- uh, working on uh, team management and going to buffalo and trying to worry about that what is it like and he's like well you know it's hard to pin down any one task on any one guy you know it's i'm doing this and we're all doing it together and you can't pin anything on anyone because we all take responsibility for every single thing and dan's like and so describe to me in one word about what this whole crazy time in 2020 has been like with you with COVID and having to move your team to Buffalo and all of these different things. And Atkins is like, I just want to say fulfilling. Mm. It's fulfilling. And even Dan Shulman, who is like the, the guy who will let anybody get away with anyone, was like, oh, real? oh, that's surprising that it's <laughs> fulfilling. Well, thanks. <laughs> so... What, let's move on to this. What is your impression over this last week of games of this, particularly the young core of the Blue Jays who are, you know, it's like they're figuring stuff out. They've made a lot of mistakes. You can see those. They're as clear as day. You've got Bo Bichette trying to go to third on a ground ball in front of him to the shortstop. You've got Vladdy trying to stretch a double to triple with a throw to the plate. You've got Rowdy getting caught trying to, God knows, steal a base. What is your impression uh, of these young Blue Jays uh, over this last week? 
it's kind of conflicted, right? Because on one hand, you start thinking that it's it's like they're it feels to me like they're both not aggressive enough and too aggressive at the same time. And I don't know how that I don't know how those two things live at the same time, but one of the things that I have been thinking about and I've been noticing it in in the pitchers, in particular the relievers, and thinking about the effect that perhaps Ken Giles have had on this bullpen being way greater than we realize. I've started to watch these guys, and I kind of feel like the bullpen is like this biker gang or something now. Like They're all fucking scary to me. <laughs> like Barucky came, came, come, comes out to pitch yesterday, and I'm like, this dude's pitching with fury. He looks angry. He's pissed off. I don't know if he's pissed off at at me or like the team management if he doesn't have a because he's not a starter anymore or if he's just like pissed at hitters and like he's just like using fury to come at guys and you see romano go out there and he doesn't look like the same dude as he did last season he's he's scary as shit he's talking to himself he looks like just as much of a school shooter as as ken giles does now he's doing all the same moves he does that he does that crouch dip thing to to sort of wind up and like Brucky is like he's a man now last season he just seemed like such an affable or, or even in 2018 he comes up he's just like this really approachable sweet guy he's hanging out with Jay Happ you know he's just kind of going out there doing his job ready to 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 be a guy and now he goes out there and I, I'm nervous I, I feel like he's gonna hit someone he, he's and and they're, they've all got zeros right not anymore with hatch but there's something going on with these relievers they're 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 bringing this kind of rage to the game and i just would love to see a bit of that trickle over to our lineup you know less less fun in games less just like rolling with the punches and i know it's hard as a hitter to try harder i know that that is not necessarily something that can be good but i just want to see i want to see guys that are going out there and you don't want to you don't want to fuck with them you know a bit of that 2015 energy from from the lineup and i it's it's hard to ask that for from these guys cuz they're totally different personalities but i would love to see bobachet not smile after striking out and making a joke and i, I don't know i i agree with you i think that's a really uh, great thing that you said about the bullpen what what i what i what I feel about the the offensive young core is, I mean, you can't tell somebody how they how they achieve. Some some hitters, some some people like Jose Bautista can work under a level of rage that a lot of players can't. Some 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 maybe uh, work under a level of joy. We don't know. So, what I think though, because I'm trying to find the silver linings into some of the things I'm seeing, is that it's it's way better to have them making aggressive mistakes now and and here's why because you and i had this sort of off uh, air conversation about you know you were wondering like are they afraid and here's why i don't think that they're afraid and why that's a good sign my understanding of people is when they're afraid they either get stuck or they run back they don't go forward and what these kids are doing a lot is they're getting into mistakes by going 
forward. They they are like these young puppies trying to figure shit out, you know, and they're they're getting themselves into problems with chewing on the couch and you know, Vladdy's eating from the garbage too much and he's getting caught and and they're you know, they're trying to run to the beach and Rowdy doesn't know how to swim, but yet like he's diving into the water and he's like, Help me, I'm sinking. I think that what they're developing right now is going to come full circle in a big moment that we're all going to witness a few years down the road. It's going to be a big key moment in the playoffs where you see them make these aggressive plays and the only reason that they have the confidence to do it is because they got it all out now in this 60-game season that they're just taking some big shots. I mean, you know that. You know that like it just in just in life like you'd like to just throw it all at the wall, make big mistakes, take, take your shots, even if they look embarrassing and awful. I'm happy to watch them do it now as opposed to not take that chance and not know and try to be too right or too good and stay stuck. And then they don't have the ability in those big moments in the future in those playoff games to have the cojones to, uh, to try. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I do agree with that. I just I guess I wish that they had they were doing it in a time when at least the play was close. You know, like <laughs> no, fair enough, but that's the price though. That's the price. Like the bow thing to me is the dumbest of all of them. Like I, I've never seen somebody try to take third on a ground ball in front of you to the shortstop. The shortstop was just like, oh I okay, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's a way shorter throw for me. Thank you. Such a strange thing to do as a shortstop as well. Like you know that ball, you know that you're you getting that ball. You go straight for the third base. I don't know. It's it's it, it was it was very odd coming from him because it doesn't seem like the kind of error that he is likely to make. Seeing Vlad get thrown out at third and make the first out at third feels very Vlad. It, and that I didn't have as much a problem with that. I mean that was more reasonable than what blow 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 bichette baby all up my nose all day blow bichette well that, that was more reasonable than what Bo tried to do i think vlad just hasn't realized you know we've all been watching and commenting and and making podcasts exclusively about how much larger vlad has become over the past two years and he hasn't noticed he still thinks that he can run the way he did in 2017 where he well, could steal bases he could go first to third like he, he, i view that as him saying fuck you to everybody who thinks i'm too big because I, I think he knows he's bigger but i think he's like look at me still being able to run and another thing i was thinking about what what uh why I don't think that they're afraid they might be overly confident is like, and I was thinking about it like this. Could you imagine Jacob Beeman? You get into a major $200 million movie and they ask you to lose a bunch of weight. And not only on the first day of shooting, do you show up having not lost weight, but you show up fatter <laughs> than you were when they asked you to lose weight. If you were afraid, you'd be so worried. You'd be like, oh my God, I can't eat today. I need to figure out a, a way to lose weight. I don't want to show up. To show up overweight when people have asked you to lose weight, that's some kind of confidence. And to me, that shows me that Vladdy is either has a chip on his shoulder, he's overly confident, or his eating problem is real. <laughs> you choose. He has no self-awareness or social awareness. 
There's no way he doesn't because there's enough stuff online that's like has these comparable pictures. Of, he can't you know, read English. You can read a picture <laughs> when it's like <laughs> it's like 2017 to 2020. Do you see the difference in body? You can see that. So what now? They're going to Buffalo, man. I think I think there's a chance that them going to Buffalo, Salem Field is going to be this chance for them to do something special. I think they could make that place their home. Look, Vladdy and Bo have mashed in that field. Maybe Vladdy gets to Salem Field and he's like, oh, yeah, I know this place. The ball flies in that stadium, you know, which is a benefit to both teams. But the familiarity that a lot of those Jays have with that uh, field in a way still makes it like a home field advantage. And I think it's this really weird, unique thing. Like that is so 2020 that they are playing in this field. I'm excited to see what it looks like on, on TV. I'm excited to see how they react to it. It could be the. it has an opportunity to be this page turning moment in this season. Yeah. Well, and something that maybe we're not talking about enough is what kind of effect that the pandemic and just the length of this road trip has had on the Blue Jays to be totally. making these kind of mental mistakes or physical errors, things like that. And maybe, maybe uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be a bit more calm, a bit more rested at home and home away from home Buffalo. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see because they, I don't know, being in a, being a hotel all the time, not that they're, they're probably going to be in hotels there anyway, but at least, uh, at least they'll be able to kind of, you know, dig their foot in a bit and, and get situated. I think, I think it will yeah. help them. I hope that it's going to help them. It, yeah, that's a good point because that's something we don't talk about a lot is about how long this road trip has been. And then they had that delay where they didn't play for, what was it, four days. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I think that this has this this moment to be this page-turning event in this season. Uh, before we end off here, I thought we should talk a little bit about the recap of week two of Fantasy. Okay. Yeah. You edged out your uh your win for the week. I was watching the ticker on that all day like a crack addict. Yeah. I and because one of the things that happened to me was that I maxed out on my pitching Friday. So I had no starting pitching points Saturday or Sunday. I had a fairly good lead, but my god, I pulled a rabbit out of my ass on Sunday with a massive day. Acuña had a 21 point day for me. Um, I picked up some starter or some relievers. It didn't give me many points, but they gave me something. But the person that I was up against on Sunday had Sonny Gray going, Charlie Morton, and Madison Bumgarner. And now Bumgarner fucked up. Morton <laughs> got injured, and Gray only had one point. So that was that could have gone the other way real bad. But uh, what did you have? A five point win? A four point win? Four point win, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but you know Sundays Sundays are my day. I was it was the same as last week. I was losing the whole week both this week and last week. I was never ahead. Sunday rolls around. I'm like it's time to it's time to win, boys. Let's do it when it counts. And I pulled ahead. I had a great day from Paxton. I picked the right dude to take a chance on, not Madison Bumgarner. I'm I'm sorry <laughs> to uh the Sultans. Uh, uh that 
you had to have seen that coming. That Bumgarner is not looking right, man. He's had his world rocked by the Padres yesterday. I watched a video of him getting hit, or was it yesterday or the day before, getting hit four home runs off him in two innings. That dude signed a five-year, $85 million deal. It looked bad when it when it's when it happened it, it looks even worse now i yeah but you still you don't imagine uh a guy like that to go minus 15 <sighs> minus 15 is pretty substantial like that's he had a- minus his 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 last start bef- before that too was like minus seven or something he's had all minuses his total is a minus right now he looked yeah. like he was playing catch the way he was flinging those pitches at the catcher like it, it they're so slow his 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 fastball velocity is down to like 87 or 88 now. It's scary. I really needed you to take that loss yesterday, though, because you're ahead of me in points slightly. I think you're up by 11, but it would have all been for naught anyway if you could have just taken that loss. But, and uh, what do you, like the Albuquerque murder dogs keeps like both weeks, it, he looks like he's going to be dominating. He starts well, he off max the week. on his starting pitching, too. <laughs> The fact that he did that two weeks in a row, you got to learn he, from your mistakes. He missed out on 70 points Saturday from starting pitching he couldn't use. And then yesterday, I don't know, 50. Like if he had just dealt with his starting pitching a little bit better, you would have been destroyed. Well, maybe. But like again, like I said to you yesterday, he still got 12 starts. Which is more starts right, than I had. Picking up dirt from the from the free agent pool when he could have had his legitimate like he, he missed some starts from some big dogs yesterday and Saturday, but he didn't he didn't do that and I did I got the win feeling great two and zero undefeated the favorites stay the favorites uh, my rotation is starting to look incredible i don't know you've had a look lately i might just have to keep paxton i picked up uh hyunjin ryu that dude got dropped after his second start i I nabbed him on the waiver wire i've got i've got an embarrassment of riches and 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 i what what i was really worried about though is you sent me a text on thursday i think maybe it was wednesday you were like did you leave barrios on the bench And all I could muster in a text response to you was yes. I don't know what happened that day, but I missed out on 20 points of Barrios. Yesterday, Barrios only got me like 1.2. And I was like, I thought he was a minus yesterday, which I thought was hilarious that you left him on the bench for 20 and then started him for what I thought was minus four. But um, look, I got Acuna starting to heat up. We have three dingers yesterday. So look out. As soon as I can get Devers and Torres. Uh, turned around, it's it's over. It's fucking over because now Vladdy's starting to net me points. Cavan uh, had a dinger yesterday, which is netting me some points. Um, if I can get Otani, Devers, and Torres to just turn a little bit, it's over. It's lights out. I feel like you're responsible in some ways for the Blue Jays losing, though, now. I feel like your guys are all heating up. They're starting to get good after they play the Blue Jays or while they're playing the Blue Jays. To me, Moreland hit that walk-off last night, but Devers getting that home run, that won the game for them. That you know When they tied it up 3-3, and I'm like sitting there thinking, fucking David, 
Yeah, I'm no longer a fan. I'm just a points machine now. Um, I don't I don't bleed blue anymore. I bleed points. I, I just to say, I know I haven't mentioned this yet. I dominated the week. I I, I was uh, the leader in points by not a small margin. So I'm just starting to cook right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I was the points leader last week. Just before uh, we end on this, this is the new thing that I was going to make you do for one week you have to wear a little league baseball uniform. You have to wear your socks pulled up high. You have to wear metal cleats and you have to have a glove on your hand at all times in public and a cap. And the cap has to be uh, situated on your head where you can see your bangs at all times. So the, the brim is kind of up. And anytime you, you interact with anybody at the grocery store, at the liquor store, Anybody who, you know, is a stranger to you in any way, before you answer anything they say, before you say anything to them, you have to take your free hand, smack it into your glove and say, big game tonight. I'm just a little bit stressed out about it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I like that. That sounds fun to me. That sounds fun to me. I hope we can get... uh maybe you can be a sort of videographer, secret videographer. We can get as many uh, interactions with me in public wearing this outfit. Uh, Well, I think if I follow you around and people can see that I have a camera, it lets you off the hook a little bit because I want the humiliation to be real, but I can try to do it in a secretive way. Yeah, maybe you could borrow your your landlord's GoPro (laughs) she mentioned that you could use to try and catch the teenagers with. Yeah, maybe I could do that or I could just bring a little drone into the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Okay, last thing before we go. I got a little tiny hypothetical here. It's a little fun way to end the episode, David. I've got a hypothetical here for you. It's extra yep. innings. There's a runner on second. It's a tie game, obviously. Pitcher throws to second to try and, you know, catch the guy snoozing at second. And uh, the second baseman covering the base picks the ball out of the glove, you know, maybe he's like feigning doing a hidden ball trick, trying to get him out, but instead he's come up with a new trick. He's going to sneeze or spit, just like explode mucus onto the ball in his hand and then go to tag the runner. If the runner steps off the base, like, I don't want your COVID, get and steps off the base, boom, he tags him out. How do you feel about that? I think he should be, um, the, the out shouldn't count. I think he should, you know, probably be ejected from the game. I think it would be an image for years down the road of what this dirty, dirty player tried to do just to get an out in extra innings. Uh, there's no way he would get away with that. There's just no way. But I also not even convinced that the player would step off the bag in a gross way. I think they'd just be like, I think they would kind of be looking at him like what the fuck but they they would i think it would start a bench clearing situation though <laughs> yeah especially like what if he went to tag him like near the face area just coming at him with the ball towards his face <clears throat> yeah that, that that would be so scummy i can't think of anything like if you take a rods yelling at whoever the red sox infielder was catching that pop-up that that's not even on the same level as what you're suggesting Right, That's but it's not against the rules, is. right? You and you could. Well, try what A Rod did wasn't against the rules either. Right, you could try and make it seem legitimate. You know, like you're like, uh, 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 and you just kind of go on the ball, and you're like, oh, and then you like, you see the guy just ah, quickly go at him. I don't know. It, 
Yeah, I think that guy would wear it in the ribs for years to come. If someone did that to me, I would probably just to give him a nice hard shove to the chest, try and try and deck him. You know, not not any sort of punch, but just like a good push to the chest. And it would be completely justified. That's a disgusting, been a disgusting thing for you to think about. Well, that's what I do. Okay. <laughs> that's what I do. That's what he does, everybody. Um, Bucks and wraps tonight. Jays are headed for their uh, team practice tonight to check out what Salem Field is all about. Then they get back in action Tuesday night. We'll see you all tomorrow. 